Hi, this is Paul Reitzer, founder of Marketing AI Institute and creator of the Marketing AI Conference, or MACON. MACON is designed to help marketing leaders understand, pilot, and scale AI in their organizations. The inaugural event was held in Cleveland, Ohio, July 2019, and drew 300 attendees from 12 countries. There were more than 50 speakers, including presenters from Facebook, Grant Thornton, HubSpot, IBM, MIT Technology Review, Publicis Sapient, SoftBank Robotics, The Notori Company, and Yext. This four-episode podcast series features insights from eight of our speakers who were interviewed on site. We cover an array of topics, including what AI is, how to get started with AI in your organization, AI applications for voice, how to humanize your brand, and how AI will transform marketing moving forward. AI is forecasted to have trillions of dollars in annual impact on businesses, and yet most marketers are still struggling to understand what it is and how to apply it to their businesses and careers. You have a choice. You can sit back and wait for the marketing world to get smarter and change around you, or you can embrace AI now and be proactive in creating a competitive advantage for yourself and for your company. If you choose to take action, I hope you'll subscribe to our Marketing AI Institute newsletter and join us for Macon 2020, July 14th to 16th in Cleveland. Now onto the podcast. Let's hear what our speakers have to say. Our first guest is Karen Howe, the artificial intelligence reporter for MIT Technology Review and the author of one of my favorite industry newsletters. She covers the advancements in ethics of and social impact of the technology. To begin our conversation, Karen told us about her role. My day-to-day is talking with the leading researchers that are developing the technology. And then sometimes I'll talk with executives or data scientists at companies that are then applying the research to commercial products. But I always feel like it's too broad because there's just so much going on in this space. And I get overwhelmed because I want to cover everything. And there's so much to learn and it moves so incredibly fast. So it's constantly like running a very long marathon. (laughs) Essentially, when I cover it, I have a thesis, a guiding thesis, and that is that I really think it's important for technology people and humanities people, social scientists, to be talking to each other because a lot of the work that comes out of AI is going to affect society, is going to affect humanity. And there needs to be a dialogue between all of those different disciplines. And so when I look for stories, I'm looking for things that are really going to start affecting people soon. Our second guest is Cal Aldubabe a data science thought leader based in Northeast Ohio. He's led teams who help organizations jumpstart their data science initiatives and begin using advanced technologies like artificial intelligence to impact their bottom line. Cal told us about his role with Pandata. So it has really morphed a lot over the last three and a half years, and this is because the discipline of data science is evolving. So today, when I think about my role as chief data scientist, I'm doing four things. I spend a lot of time communicating a lot of time thinking about solution design, how to bring different pieces together. I do quite a bit of thought leadership and research. What's the latest? The speed at which data science is evolving is so fast that you have to stay on top of it all the time. And then finally, best practices and compliance. So when you talk about all the regulations happening today, you really need to stay ahead of that. So tying those four pieces together and understanding the the business pain points that our customers experience, translating those into solutions and making sure that they're compliant. One of the most important starting points when thinking about artificial intelligence is understanding what it truly is and the definition of artificial intelligence and how it changes between what AI is and what machine learning is and what deep learning is. 
So we wanted to talk to our speakers about how they think about AI and how they define it. To begin our conversation, we asked Cal, who loves this topic. We do lunch and learns every month, and we're a group of data scientists. And even we couldn't agree on a consistent definition of artificial intelligence. And I think it's a moving target. One of my favorite definitions I heard today, um, you know, read this quote here, was the science of making machines smarter. So to me, what that means is you're taking a repetitive task that might have some element of human decision making, and you are automating that. And so that's one way of making machines smarter. So Cal actually used one of my favorite definitions that I often feature in talks, which is the science of making machines smarter, which actually comes from Demis Hassabis, which is the co-founder and CEO of DeepMind, a technology company that was acquired by Google in 2014. And so the basic premise is machines don't know anything out of the box, and they have to be taught to do human-like things and make predictions and learn and so we went a little bit further with Karen Howe, who actually gave one of the opening talks at Macon, What is AI? And Karen went pretty deep in terms of the background and where it came from. And it gave us a little sense of why it's such a hard term to pin down. And so we asked Karen to give a little more background on AI and how she looks at it and how we use it in our daily lives. AI actually refers to two things. That's why it's confusing. The first thing that it refers to is the field and the goal that the field has, which is to build these like really sophisticated, super smart, super helpful, embodied human-like AI systems, kind of like what you see in sci-fi. Not really, but like, sure, we'll take that metaphor. And that's like one thing. And then the other thing that it refers to is like the actual state of the technology now. And so that's why it can be confusing because sometimes people will conflate the two and think that what we have now is much more advanced, but it really is not. It's, it's, it's that they're confusing it with like the aspiration for the field. So what we have now is... Most of what you hear about is a category of AI called machine learning. And machine learning is a process of using statistics to find patterns in data and then taking those patterns to make decisions. And so the systems that you see, like face recognition, which tags your photos on Facebook or your Netflix recommendation algorithm, all those things are machine learning that is taking your images of your face and then finding like the pixel patterns that make up your face and then using that to identify your face in other photos or the shows that you're watching and the things that you like as the data taking the patterns of, oh, it seems like she really likes sci-fi and recommending more things like that. That's essentially AI in a nutshell. So once you have an understanding of what artificial intelligence is and what it's capable of doing, you want to start looking for pilot projects within your organization that you can test it. But there's a lot of potential pitfalls ahead. And so we talked to Cal a little bit about some of the challenges he sees and reasons why projects may be doomed to fail from the start, specifically about the role data plays in piloting and scaling AI in an organization. To me, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data, it all comes out of the discipline of data science. To me, data science is the process from which you're creating value from data. The term science in it is really important. It's experimental in nature. And this is a little bit new to the business world. When you say, okay, we're going to have to experiment a little bit to really prove out value, and this is not going to work sometimes, and that's okay. That part is lost in translation, particularly when you're using words like AI and machine learning. You forget about the science aspect of it. And so organizations invest a lot of resources in trying to get these initiatives off the ground. And when they fail, it shuts them down. They're like, oh, that doesn't work, and there's no value in that. So you have to have two processes that work really, really well when it comes to succeeding with data science. One is experimentation, and then the other is operationalization. So finding out what works, 
then scaling it, getting it into the hands of users. So as your organization looks to pilot AI projects in the marketing communications realm, one of the things you really need to think about is that the primary goal of a lot of AI today is making predictions. It's improving your ability to predict outcomes. And if you think about your job as a marketer, there's endless ways in which you're trying to make predictions every day, whether it's in social media and what links people will click on or emails and what subject line is going to get them to open or churn or conversions of leads, predictions everywhere. And that's one of the core things to look at. And so we asked Karen to go a little bit deeper on the use of prediction, but also to start taking us down the path of as you pilot and scale AI, how you have to, as an organization, be thinking about the ethical ramifications of that, because you're going to be given superpowers. You're going to have the ability to target people and personalize in new and exciting ways. But if you're not careful with how you do it, you can cross ethical boundaries that we want to be very conscious of as marketers. So we asked Karen to expand on that a little bit. I mean, the thing that machine learning is really good at is prediction, because it's finding the patterns, applying the patterns. And so when you want to do like like Amazon, for example, uses it to recommend products to users. And that's sort of like a way to increase the conversion rates for casual browsers into buyers. So that's kind of like when you think about the marketing tasks that you're doing, just think about like which tasks ultimately boil down to prediction. And those can very likely benefit from machine learning. I will say that like the flip side of that is you have to make sure that you're also being ethical about it because you don't necessarily want to personalize things to no end because like we said, there's like positive and negative consequences to that. And if you have hyper-targeted ads that are following people around all the time, they could be helpful to people that have lots of money to spend. They could be a little bit predatory to people that don't. And also there's that lawsuit that came out like a few months ago where the U.S. Department of Housing sued Facebook because the way that Facebook has built its advertising and marketing tools uses machine learning to a point of discrimination. So the HUD sued Facebook on two accounts. And the most widely reported one is that Facebook was allowing advertisers to explicitly narrow down the audience, target audience of their ads. And obviously that causes like housing discrimination because then you can say like, I only want white people to see the ads or whatever. But the second account that Facebook was sued for, which was less reported on, is even if you get rid of the explicit filtering, the machine learning is still doing implicit filtering. So there was research that shows that if you don't limit your ads at all and you are selling housing, houses for sale will be shown to more white users than minority users. Houses for rent will be shown to more minority users than white users. And it also applies to job ads. So Job ads for nurse and secretary positions will end up being shown to more women than men. Job ads to janitors and taxi driver positions are shown to more minority users than white. And so when you think about implementing machine learning in your marketing tasks, like just be very, very cognizant of thinking about, okay, but are there potential negative consequences? How can I mitigate it? And I think those two things will make you a very skillful marketer. So we know to think about pilot projects in terms of what are we trying to make predictions on? What, what is data-driven in our jobs? And how are we trying to improve performance and reduce costs by making better predictions? We know also we need to think about the ethical elements of that and be planning accordingly. We want to dive in now as to a little bit more about how do you set up those early projects for success? And we asked Cal to talk a little bit more about that. So there's these four questions we ask anybody 
especially at the start of a project. And we have this convenient acronym RISE that we use. Then I'll define it a little bit, but results, impact, measuring success, and ethical considerations. So unpacking that a little bit, starting with results, you want to think about, all right, when we talk about this notion of automating decisions, right? Who are the decision makers and what are the types of decisions that they would be making with it? Two, impact, right? If you can act on that information, is there a measurable potential for value? Measuring success, uh, a little bit related, but how do you know when you've arrived? How do you set those benchmarks to say, you know, we're getting this AI solution to improve conversions or click rates on our marketing campaigns, right? What's that boost that you're expecting to see by a certain date? And if you don't get there, you say, well, we've got to try something else. And then finally, ethical considerations. Um, you know, are you making recommendations where uh, gender or demographic bias might be a consideration? Do you have regulations like GDPR that impact what you can and cannot do with customer data? So um, asking those four questions um, is really, really, really important. And then as far as aligning the organization goes, there are three things you want to do. Buy-in, trust, and consistent performance. I love the idea of what Cal talks about with the results and impact. One of the first things we'll ask organizations when they start thinking about using artificial intelligence is what's the value of solving a problem? So the basic way you can look at applying AI is at a problem solution level. So we have this business problem and we think there's a smarter way to solve it. Or you can come at it from a use case level where you look at all the things you do every day and you find smarter ways to do those things. But if you're going to make an investment as an organization – understanding how you do it today, what the benchmark is, and how you're going to measure the success is critical to the investment you're going to make in AI. So with that, I want to talk a little bit with our guests about how people can get started. Where can they go from here? And so we started by asking Karen what beginners can do to learn more, enhance their knowledge, and start to apply AI to their business. Read my newsletter. It's called The Algorithm. I read it for Tech Review. And you can go to bit.ly slash the algo, T-H-E-A-L-G-O, or you can Google it. And it is the go-to source for demystifying artificial intelligence. It is more research focused, but I actually encourage people who are using like commercialized products to dive more into research. I think it really helps people build like a better foundational understanding of what they're using and why it works so that when issues like bias and other things come up, you can draw from your foundational knowledge to understand how to fix it or how you might approach things differently or look out for other issues that haven't yet been reported on. So I agree with Karen. I would start by reading her newsletter. As I said up front, it's one of my favorite sources in the industry. She goes pretty deep on research and she just has phenomenal insights. I would also throw in our institute newsletter, the Marketing AI Institute newsletter, which is tailored towards making AI approachable and actionable for marketers. So that's another great newsletter to start. And as we wrap up this episode, I wanted to talk with Cal because he's implemented AI for a number of organizations and he's seen what works and what doesn't. And so I thought it'd be good to get his perspective as we think about how do we actually get started? Do we start with big ideas or do we attack small projects? I can't stress enough the importance of starting small improving out success. Oftentimes you hear from the top down, oh, we've got to do AI. Everybody's doing AI. And that's the wrong reason to be doing artificial intelligence. You really want to be using it to solve a practical problem, right? And sometimes the problems that you can start to solve with relatively small resources, they're not that exciting. But you need to prove that it 
works, right? Going back to this idea of buy-in, trust, and consistent performance. If you can align around a shared win within an organization and you can demonstrate value, you build that trust. But if you keep putting a lot of resources in and there's no measurable impact or you're solving a wrong problem, you've destroyed that trust and all of a sudden it's really hard to maintain buy-in. So we started this episode talking about what is marketing artificial intelligence and what it takes for organizations to start looking at it and thinking about how they can get started. And Cal had some thoughts about the idea of just trying to kind of keep it simple and experiment and look for ways to get buy-in within the organization and to grow support as you're going. It's an exciting time, and oftentimes when people hear artificial intelligence and machine learning, these are buzzwords, and you just want to shut down, like, oh, there's no way this applies to me. Be okay with the fact that everybody's learning together. Experiment, figure out what works for you, and really double down on asking the question of where can it solve that one small problem where you can demonstrate value. It is an exciting time in marketing and in artificial intelligence, and we'll hope you'll take the time to be curious and to explore how AI fits into your marketing strategy and into your organization. I'd like to thank Karen and Cal for joining us on today's episode and sharing their insights. I'm Paul Reitzer, founder of Marketing AI Institute and creator of the Marketing AI Conference. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the discussions, I hope you'll join us for episode two, where we'll talk about how to get started with marketing AI I'd also encourage you to check out the 2020 Marketing AI Conference. You can learn more at maicon.ai. That's maicon.ai. The conference is held every year in Cleveland, and this year will bring together over 500 marketing leaders to collaborate and work together to understand, pilot, and scale AI in their organizations. This podcast is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to producer Bridget Coyne, audio engineers Dave Douglas and Eric Coltnow, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.